Places, everyone. Places. Good morning, and welcome to the Groveport United Methodist Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special of days. We gather together to eat soup and bask in the glory of Taylor Swift. And we're glad you could take time out of that festivity to come worship with us. Um, just uh, a little bit of change to your bulletin. Our Choir Director Terry could not be with us today, but fear not, let your heart not be uh, fearful, because the great Gary Hinkle and Janie Hinkle are here to fill in, so give them a big round of applause. Yeah. That's great. As I alluded to earlier, today is Super Sunday, and don't forget we have the potluck after church today. Um, Ash Wednesday service will be uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day at 7 p.m. And a new Lenten Bible study starts Thursday the 15th, the following day. This will continue each Thursday evening through Lent. Uh, February 16th is Free Friday. Uh, if you're going to volunteer, please arrive by 4.30. We definitely appreciate your help. Scholarship applications are available. Um, please contact the church office uh, for an application, and those are due on tax day, April 15th. If you would like to purchase uh, Easter flowers to uh, decorate the sanctuary, please use the insert in the bulletin. Uh, orders and uh, money for those are due February 25th. Uh, the sanctuary will be open for uh, Reflective Wednesdays for anyone uh, to engage in reflection, prayer, and communion for the next five Wednesdays. And that'll be from 7 to 10 a.m. and 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, the Missions Committee will be meeting uh, Wednesday, February 21st at 6 p.m. And that is open to all who uh, have any interest in participating in our missions work. Game night is coming up. Uh, ignore your bulletin because game night is from 4 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, March 16th. Um, bring your favorite card or board game to play with members of your church family. Bring a snack to share with your own drinks. Um, so uh, that should be a fun time for all. Collection for the homeless. We're collecting socks, hats, and gloves for the homeless. And those donations can be made uh, in the tote in the greeter station. And please a reminder, on attendance bulletins, please record your attendance on the blue attendance sheet in the bulletin and put those on the uh, offering plate as they come around. Now, let us join together in the breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for the Groveport Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we ask your prayer. Hamburgers, families, and community. Open our eyes 
so that we may see the amazing things you were already doing among us. Amen. Now please open your minds and soften your hearts and join us in worship.
Join me in reading responsively the call to worship. God invites us to wake from our slumbers. God encourages us to proclaim God's goodness and love. There are so many people who are lost in earth who need the good news of God. God inspires us to be bold in our proclamation, unafraid, confident. Lord God, be with us as we boldly to share your good news. Amen. You may be seated. Scripture reading is from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. 
They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Please join me in the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. What do you believe about Jesus? I believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, so he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, is that all you believe about Jesus? No, I believe that on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. He is seen at the right hand of God, going to judge the living and the dead. What else do you believe? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of saints, the resurrection of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. now is a time in which we can share with one another and bring before the Lord our joys and concerns. If you have a prayer concern, I would invite you to fill out a blue prayer request card, which is located there in your worship bulletin. Or if you are watching at home or anytime during the week, if you have a prayer concern, you can email us at prayer at groveportumc.org. You can also call the church office and uh, talk to Nancy, or you could always drop us a line in the mail. But know that however you share your prayer concerns, someone will pray for you and with you. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds as we go to the Lord in our time of prayer. Thank you. 
wondrous and amazing God. You are the source of our being. It was you who formed us, named us, and first loved us with a love that is beyond even our imagination. On our best days and on our worst days, you claim us as your own and treasure us like an adoring parent treasures their child. You know our needs and our prayers even before we utter them. And yet we find comfort in knowing that we can bring our hearts and our lives into your presence and express ourselves with whatever words and whatever ways we can use. It is an honor and a privilege to not only bring our own needs, but the needs and the desires of others to you. Through Christ, you embodied love in this world so that all might know of your compassion, your peace, and your presence. And so we pray now for the wider world, those around the world who are living in fear of illness, those suffering due to natural disasters, those who struggle under the weight of poverty, hunger, and the injustice that keeps them from having enough. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for our community, for those who have no home or lack access to suitable housing, for those who are experiencing financial insecurity, for those who do not have access to health care. For those who live in fear. Lord, in your mercy. And now, Lord, we pray for the needs of, of the individuals and the, the families here in our church family. We lift to you all of those who are recovering from recent illnesses and medical procedures this day. Lori and Bill, Donna and Ron, Cynthia and David and Jim, Betty and Alex, Joey and, and Delmer's sister-in-law. Lord, in your mercy, we lift to you those who are undergoing treatment for cancer in its many forms. We pray for Becky and Tom and Joyce and Doris, Bobby and for Susan. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for those who are in hospice care, for Betty and for Lori and 
for Tom. We pray that as they near the end of their earthly life, that they may be granted a special understanding of your love and find peace and comfort. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, on this day, we lift to you a family member of Lisa's who is struggling. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for Mike's grandmother, as well as for Lonnie, as they both adjust to new surroundings. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we now lift to you those silent prayers and concerns that are on our hearts this day. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we have brought our concerns and our prayers before you this day. There are so many, and at a time, at this time, they just feel so heavy. We thank you for the opportunity to lay them down, to place them in your care. Mighty one, we pray all of these things, and, and we lift our hearts to you, because we know that you hear us, that you answer us, and that you love each of us and all we have held in your presence this day with a boundless and, and an endless love. We pray this through Christ, your presence in the flesh and the great healer of the world and all who are in it. And it is in his name that we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. make an offering to the uh, Groveport United Methodist Church. The first is through our website, groveportumc.org. Uh, the second is through our Ezekiel app. And the third is by sending a check here to 512 Main Street in Groveport, Ohio, 43125. Now will the ushers please come forward.
Please stand for the doxology. of our labors, may we continue to honor your name in all that we do. Bless these gifts given freely, that your justice and mercy may prevail in a weak and weary world. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Would the children like to come up for our children's time. You are not so sure about this. No, I can tell. Yep. All right. How is everybody? That good. Okay. We have a special holiday coming up on Wednesday. There's a big day. Anybody know what the special day on Wednesday is? What is it? No, it's my dad's birthday. <laughs> who, who's, who, who, it's your dad's too? Yeah, my poor dad has spent his, most of his life getting a heart-shaped cake. <laughs> no, but it's also Valentine's Day, right? So what do we do special on Valentine's Day? What do we do? We love each other. Oh, my goodness. Good job. We love each other. Now, one of the ways we can show love is by sending a Valentine's. And so, do any of you give, give Valentine's like at school to other people? Yeah? Do you guys still do that thing like when I was in elementary school, like way back in the last century? <laughs> it sounds weird to say it, but it's true. We used to take like that, that, those little shoe boxes and cover it in aluminum foil poke a hole in the top, you're all looking at me like, oh my goodness, that was back in the horse and buggy days. Yeah, it's probably all electronic now, but so I printed out a valentine that I am going to color in and then I'm going to give to somebody on Wednesday to show them that I love them, right? But you know what? There's another special day on Wednesday. 
and it's called Ash Wednesday. And it just so happens that Ash Wednesday falls on the same day as Valentine's Day this year. And you know what? It, it's a day in which we celebrate somebody loving us and giving us a Valentine, if you will. That person loving us is who? God! Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the season of Lent, which is a 40-day period of, uh, of preparation before Easter. And uh, on Ash Wednesday, we are going to remember the greatest Valentine ever given to us, the greatest symbol of somebody loving us, and that is Jesus. Okay? So uh, this Valentine's Day, as you're giving out Valentines to others, remember that Jesus is God's Valentine to us, saying that he loves us. You're going to have a school party? Well, that sounds like that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And just remember, if you guys won't want to come to church that night, we're going to have a special worship service uh, for Ash Wednesday, and you're going to get a little bit of dirt put on your forehead. I know you all want to be there for that, right? Yeah, I know you do. All right. So why don't we go ahead and pray, and then you can head off to uh, uh, junior church. Dear God, this Valentine's Day, remind us of the greatest Valentine ever given us, the one you gave us, and that's Jesus. Because Jesus is, is to show your love for us. Thank you for him. Be with these young folks uh, in this coming week. Help them to have a great, safe week. Uh, help them to learn a lot and have fun. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can head off. Our second scripture reading comes from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, 18 and 19, and 25 through 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So ends our scripture reading. Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, 
We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your Holy Word. Thank you for your gift of Scripture, we pray. Amen. So, you know, the other day I was thinking about all the things I get to do as the pastor of Groveport United Methodist Church. And there's a lot of great things I get to do. One, I get to come in every day and keep Nancy from doing her work. Sometimes I get to chase bats around. But I also get to meet with you and, and, and share in many of your uh, life adventures, the good times and the bad times. You know, there are a lot of very important things that pastors get to do in the life of, of, of a church. Of course, the one that most people know is me standing up front looking all snazzy in front of you every week. But there's more to it than that. You also have, as they say, the Marian and the Barian. But I got to tell you, as a pastor, over the last 20-some years, I've done a lot more Barian than I have Marian. Now, you might think that that would upset me, but I've got to tell you, as a pastor, I would much rather do a funeral than I would a wedding. If I had a choice, which one would you rather do, a funeral or a wedding? I would choose the funeral each and every time. And it's not just because people can be a little bit difficult at weddings. Oh, do I have some stories to share with you. But it's because a funeral really hits at the heart of the gospel. A funeral is where we, well, we basically see where the rubber meets the road, as it is said, of our faith. It is where what we say we believe becomes very, very important. You know, death is, is one of those shared experiences of, of all human beings. Now, there's always that off chance that Jesus might come again before the end of my life. So I don't want to say 100% chance, but you know what? It's been 2,000 some odd years and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to say... The chances are not good that Jesus will return before the end of my earthly life. Ecclesiastes 9.2 reminds us that death is the, the great equalizer. It says, everything is the same for everyone. The same fate awaits the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad. 
the pure and the impure, those who sacrifice and those who don't sacrifice, the good person is like the wrongdoer. Funerals speak to this universal human concern. And as I said, to the heart of our faith, to the heart of the upcoming Lenten season, to the heart of the Easter resurrection. So for the next few moments, let's talk about probably the most unhappy subject we can, death. I'm sure if you thought, what's Pastor Rick going to talk about today? He's going to talk about dying. Woohoo! <laughs> then we get to have a potluck afterward? This sounds like a great morning. <laughs> but just hang on, it gets better. It gets better. So, real quick, what happens after we died? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't really 100% know because I haven't done it myself and I haven't reported back. And you know, humans appear to have been wondering about that question for as long as we have been around. Uh, the earliest undisputed intentional human burials date back 80,000 to 100,000 years. And uh, the interesting thing is those ancient burials were actually found in the Holy Land uh, of, of, of all places. And uh, both of these sites uh, show uh, intentional burials and, and show uh, that people were grieving for the lost ones. And, and it shows that as long as we've been around, we have been concerned about death. The good news, though, is for believers in Jesus Christ, death is not the end. It is a transition to eternal life in the presence of God. The gift of eternal life is available through faith in Christ. We uh, have been saying this for the last few weeks when we have been reciting in various forms um, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in life eternal. Death for a Christian is not the end. It is just a time of transition. And this reminds me of the one and only funeral joke that I know. You might be thinking, Pastor Rick, please tell me you have not used a joke at a funeral. Oh, yes, I have. It goes like this. There was a printer and he opened up a bigger shop in the downtown area of this little town. And on his day of his grand opening, he gets this beautiful, huge bouquet of flowers. He's not sure what this is about, so he, he looks at the card and it says, Our deepest regrets, Bob and Marge. Well, two things. Why would somebody have regrets about me opening a new store? And two, he didn't know any Bob and Marge. So he calls the florist, and the florist says, oh my goodness, that was a mistake. That 
uh, uh, flower, those flowers were supposed to go to a funeral, and the funeral got your flowers instead. And so the shop owner uh, uh, asked, well, just out of curiosity, what did the flowers, my flowers, I went to the funeral, what did the card say? And the florist said, it said, congratulations on your new location. <laughs> See, I told you it wasn't going to be that bad. But that is really what a Christian funeral is all about. It's about congratulating somebody on their new location. For believers in Jesus Christ, death is not the end. It is but a transition to eternal life in the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, God has prepared things for those who love him that no eye has seen or ear has heard or that haven't cross the mind of any human being. For those who die with Christ, they will rise with him on the last day. Romans 8.38 reminds us of this. Now, what you'll see is there's a little cross out because I screwed up the... Uh, uh, attribution there at the bottom. But it says, I'm convinced that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or heights or death or any other thing that is created. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And as Christians... That brings us hope. That brings us peace. That brings us comfort. See, we might not know exactly what happens after we die. But that's okay because we know who was on the other side waiting for us. Reminded of a really old story. Yet it really captures what, for many Christians, is the, the comforting thing about our faith. Now this was way back in the days before cars, and And a man was very sick. And a doctor came in his horse-drawn carriage to check on his patient, which I'm, I'm sure you do all the time. Yep, yep. Um, and the doctor brought along his dog. He left that dog outside on the front step as he entered the house. And the doctor sat down beside the bed of the sick man, and he took his vital signs, and he told the man that the end was near. And the man asked, Doc, what is death like? What's on the other side? And, and at that moment, the doctor's dog began to whimper and to scratch on the front door. And the doctor said, do you hear that? That's my dog. He's never been in your house. He doesn't know what it's like in here. What he knows is that his master is on the other side of the door. And if his master is in here, 
it must be okay. My friends, our master is on the other side of death's door. And so while we might not know exactly what death is like, we can know that it's going to be okay because Christ is there waiting for us. So you might be asking yourself, well, this is all great and fine, Pastor Rick, but how can I believe in life everlasting with Christ? Well, here are three things that, that bring me comfort when I think about it and help me to not just believe in everlasting life with Christ, but to count on it happening. The first is people's experiences. Now, as I said, people dying and coming back and telling you what it's like doesn't happen all the time, but it doesn't mean that there aren't people with some pretty nifty stories. And I was doing some research on it this week. And you can ask Nancy, because every time I came across an interesting story, I would run in, didn't I? Run in and go, guess what I heard? Guess what I just read? And she would go, uh-huh. <laughs> I expected her to make a sign that said, busy typing your bulletin. But she didn't. She was nice. A recent study found that one out of 10 people who survived a cardiac arrest had some form of near-death experience. You know, people have a lot of stories. And as poor Nancy heard, I shared several of them with her this week. But I have one that I want to share with you that actually happened to me. Now, this isn't an actual near-death experience, but it's, it's, it really, I think, calls to um, the fact that God is with us as we transition from this life to the next that this would have been, uh, oh, uh, probably, goodness, 20 years ago now. I am getting old. And there was a, a gentleman at the church that I was serving, and he had uh, uh, dementia of, of, of some sort. I, I, I'm not sure if it was Alzheimer's or what. He had some sort of dementia. And uh, he was a very sweet man. Um, he... Uh, he uh, uh, after each service, he would always hand me a, a little Bible verse he had written out for me to read during the week. It, it was very, very sweet. Then one day, his family was called, and he was caught walking down the main street of our little town, like literally down the double yellow line of the main street. And cars were dodging him. And that's when it, it became obvious that he needed to, to, to go someplace for his own safety. And, and, and I, I used to go visit him uh, at the uh, nursing home in beautiful Pleasant, uh, Pleasantville. And uh, uh, so, so remember, for some reason, and I still do this, I always tend to go visit people right at lunchtime. I, you know, it isn't like I don't know when people eat their lunch. And I would sit in the uh, um, dining room with this gentleman, and uh, they, he and, and, and the people he was eating with would just share all kinds of, of wonderful, crazy stories, and they would include me in the stories. I must have had a lot of adventures in the 40s and 50s, according to them. But, but it was lovely. 
He and his family had been great musicians their whole life. They had a little family band, kind of Partridge family style for many years until this gentleman got to a point where he couldn't uh, uh, play anymore. And finally, uh, he was in hospice care. And the day before he passed, I get a call from his one daughter who said that it, 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 the doctor had said it wouldn't be long and, and if I could come. And she said there was something that they wanted to tell me when I got there. Now, this gentleman had not known his family for well over a year. When I got there, his daughter was in the hallway crying and she told me what had happened. They had gotten there and he knew exactly who everybody was. 100% knew exactly who everybody was. He knew, he knew everybody's name. He had great memory. And they sang songs for about an hour. Then uh, I got there and we went in and I'm sitting next to his bedside and I still remember this. He goes, wow, what do you think of that? And I look at him and I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, the music. What do you think of that music? And I said, what, what music? He goes, you can't hear the trumpets? It's so loud. And then he had a smile on his face. He passed not too long afterward. Do I think he was hearing the music of heaven? I think so. I don't have any other explanation for it. I've talked to people who work in hospice and they have some really awesome stories. But it doesn't really matter what life is like after death because we know that Jesus is there waiting for it. The, 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 the second thing we know is that Jesus talked about life everlasting. For instance, John 11, 25 through 26, Jesus said this. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. I believe in what Jesus said, don't you? And if Jesus said this, then I believe that it's true. There's nothing Jesus has said that hasn't been true. I believe in Jesus. I believe what Jesus said. And if Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in him will live even though they die, I believe that that is true. Jesus talked about it. But perhaps... The biggest reason I believe in life everlasting with Christ is the resurrection. In Jesus' death and resurrection, God gave us a definitive answer to that existential question of death and life beyond death. Clearly, Jesus was crucified, dead, and was buried. There are witnesses to this. His friends grieved and mourned his death. But those same friends claimed that on Sunday morning, after his death on Friday, Jesus stepped out of that tomb. And not only did Jesus step out of that tomb, but he encountered 
others. He encountered his friends. He encountered two disciples on their way to Emmaus. These men and women who claim to have seen him, who claim to have eaten with him, who claim to have touched him, and claim to have been taught by him for 40 days after his death, these folks never changed their story. And in fact, many of them suffered because of it. So I believe in life everlasting because of the resurrection. Paul claimed to have encountered uh, uh, Jesus, of course, on the Damascus Road, but he had visions. He had profound experiences with the risen Christ. Uh, he even wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at once. Most of them are still alive to this day, telling Paul about it. My friends, out of all of the beliefs we have about Jesus, the resurrection is the most profound because it is the culmination of all those other beliefs. Because God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus who died for our sins, we now have the hope of eternal life with him. Now what that eternal life is like, I don't know. But I know that it'll be grand. And I can't wait to see it. C.S. Lewis once wrote that how we view death impacts how we live our life. See, if you believe in life eternal with Christ, you're going to live your life here on earth a little bit different. You are going to be free of the, of, of the fear, free of, of, of the disappointment that this is all there is. And you're going to live your life with hope with love, with enthusiasm. So my friends, let us live lives not as people with no hope, but as people who have the hope of the resurrection and allow the hope of the resurrection to inform our decisions, to shape our lives, to shape how we live, how we treat others how we view ourselves. I believe in life everlasting. Amen. Let us now stand and join together in our closing
friends, go from this place knowing that the risen Christ goes ahead of you. There is no one you will encounter, no circumstance you will face, no event that will occur that is beyond the redemptive reach of our risen Lord. For Jesus is already there, at work, drawing all the world to himself. In that power, you are sent to be messengers of his grace and love. Amen.